All right, here we go. Finally, let's let this is take number four. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Farhad here, the return of the Turin Giants podcast. We'd like to welcome you back, and for those who are listening for the first time, welcome. My name is Farhad. I'm joined by Rav. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm just a bit beat, but I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you got a, you got a home project going on. It was tough to get a hold of you. If you guys. If you guys yeah. want to know who to blame that we haven't recorded in so long, <laughs> that's the man right there, Mr. Freaking Handyman over there. Um, yes. Before we get into the podcast, as always, I'd like to take care of some business. <clears throat> First of all, ways to listen to us is SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and whatever Google Android phone uh, application you use. Uh, Google's pretty good about picking up the podcasts. There's a lot of apps for that. Um, follow us on Twitter at Podcast and follow Rav at uvetfc.com spelled out. Also, visit his awesome website that we will be referencing today for all the news and there's so much stuff going on, man. It's insane. Um, uh, Facebook.com slash Podcast for our 60-year-old listeners. Um... Instagram, there's a couple of news on, on Instagram. At UVet Podcast is the podcast Instagram page. Uh, all the podcast news and, and guests and announcements and sometimes pictures. I, I'd like to, uh, I would still love to post photos. Uh, the big UVet Podcast webpage, well, Turin Giants webpage, uh, Instagram page, I should say, is at Turin Giants. Um, I took over that about a month ago. It's been going great. Uh, I do love a larger audience to announce, you know, um, bigger UV news. And I, I just love posting photos and having a bigger outreach. Uh, for those who just saw the Instagram story announcement about this podcast, welcome. I try not to post a lot of podcast stuff on Turin Giants Instagram. Um, but I did post an announcement. Anyways, Lots of talking, lots of stuff to do. Follow us. And uh, uh, before we get into the actual podcast, as always, I love the tradition of announcing top cities in the world that were listening to us last few days. Safel, Sweden, coming in at number one. Yeah. I actually got got a a private message from this listener uh, asking me why I don't post older uh, podcasts. I don't like to post podcasts older than about two months uh i do get requests for that so if you do want them i'll post them but i feel like um posting old news is kind of boring um and i don't like clutter on my you know podcast whatever anyways safa sweden thank you so much for being a top listener bristol uh pennsylvania sorry england uh bristol pennsylvania (laughs) That's the city with the number two listeners. Kuwait. Uh, city wow. number four is Vaughn. I had to Google how to pronounce this city in Canada. Vaughn. Because it has like G's and H's and W's in it. It's, it's insane. Uh, Louis. Uh, D.E. Wow. in the United States. I, I, I am so embarrassed to know what, what D.E. stands for. D.E. State. People are screaming at me right now. Delaware. Well, welcome Delaware. Abu Dhabi, Middle Park, Australia, Tangerang, Indonesia, 
Scranton, Pennsylvania. As a, as a fan of The Office, you have no idea what that means to me that Scranton is listening to us. Um, and Carbonia, Italia. Liverpool. I, I just wanted to shout out Liverpool in 11th place and Los Angeles in 12th. This is so awesome. I mean, honestly, this is the coolest thing ever because it's literally almost every other state, every every city is from a different country or a different state. I, I'm, I'm, I feel so blessed and thank you guys for tuning in. Whew. On this podcast, we're going to discuss tons of news, tons of stuff, tons of speculations and transfer rumors because, you know, international break is just a breeding ground of just complete bullshit and, and rumors and just people fighting and people just want Juve back. It's it's like, it's it's, it's bad time. It's bad time. I, I'm glad that Rob took some time off to uh, to take care of some, some of his personal stuff. Um, what do you want to start with? Um, whatever I, you like, <clears throat> you, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, just going to go through your website, which is, uh, like I mentioned, uvfc.com. Um, Emery John says that, you know, things have to change. Um, yeah. you know, if he wants to, if he wants to continue his journey with you there, uh, I feel like, I feel like if we can make 40 million, I've heard some reports uh, about Byron is something interested. What do you think? Um, I don't think there's any shortage of, of uh, clubs that will want him. I think there's probably at least uh, a couple of clubs in, in the Bundesliga. There's probably a couple of Premier League clubs that will take him. He's uh, he's a solid midfielder. He hasn't played much. I understand he's frustrated. I completely get that. I mean, I, I just don't understand why he's... You know why is uh, Sami Kadira still playing when yeah. when we have a player like Emre Can in in the team? I I just don't get it. So um, it, it's just one of those things. Like we we have enough midfielders, I suppose, for the time being. He's not in the Champions League squad. He hasn't played much. We haven't really missed him too much in one sense. So if he goes, you know, we're like we're forty million euros better off, and that's fine. They signed him for next to nothing. Um, but I would, I, I mean, I would rather he stayed. You know, I'd rather see Kadira go next summer, and Emily Shannon becomes like a, you know, like a, a just a more kind of, just a, a more the regular more important part of the part of the team. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's it. I mean, it, it just it's ridiculous to see him sitting on the bench when you got Kadira, who who can basically play about you know sixty minutes at most, and and most of those sixty minutes are, are so sort of up and down you know there's no consistency yeah. so you know give the kid a chance for god's sake <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Kadir is becoming I think Juve is damaging Kadir's legacy as well because people are just starting to flat out hate him uh, they see him they don't understand but I mean they do understand I don't want to you know it's, but it's his job if he's put in the uh, starting lineup it's not his he's not going to say hey this this guy from wherever doesn't want me to play so i cannot go out coach i can't go it's his job he he goes out and does his does his best i don't think it's it's uh, you know uh, i don't think yeah. it's his fault um moving on i just want to make you know make this podcast as compact as possible because we've got a lot of interesting stuff and we will do a q a with uh rob and myself uh rob has compiled a great list of um of questions that might interest you guys and I don't know why but we just decided to do something different today um, Rabiot is injured unfortunately a couple of uh, contract extensions that came yesterday and today was Bonucci and 
Quadrado just announced a few minutes ago. Um, happy for both. Like I said, um, Bonucci's a rat, but he's our rat. He really stepped up this. <laughs> he really did step up this year. And um, yeah. if if you if you if you fans really needed something to kind of close the door behind us, as far as the Milan incident, I think this this season really um, uh, almost solidified a Champions League would be a complete. Um, redemption yeah. of Bonucci. Uh, what do you What do you think? Um, uh, I'm I'm glad he's renewed. I'm I'm glad that he's playing better. I'm glad that he's captain. Uh, you know, it, it's been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I I completely judge every Juventus player in terms of what they do on the pitch. But for me, still. You know, short of him winning winning the Champions League and like captain captaining Juventus to to Champions League victory, um, there's always going to be that one season where he, you know, he did what he did. We don't have to go over. It. I think we've covered it so many times in the past. So his legacy for me is always going to be tarnished unless he does something really incredible. You know, I, I, and I don't mean it like you know, I'm not holding on to the past and I don't hold a grudge or any of that shit. I know all that stuff, but. You got players like you know Barzali. You got players like um, Chiellini. Um, you know all these legends that you know they they desperately want to stay at the club. They've retired at the club. They've got this legacy. Even Buffon as well. I mean, like you know he, he went to PSG. He had like a little bit of fun and a shitload of money. Came back. That was fine. That was different. He didn't leave. You know, like force a, a move out of the club. Mm-hmm. So for me, always Bonucci's legacy is going to have. It, it's going to be a little bit you know, tarnished in comparison to the others. But like I say, um, I'm I'm grateful for what he's doing at the moment and just let that continue. So, yeah, there's always going to be that conflict. But the the other one, Cuadrado, is is fantastic. That's a, I think that's Absolutely. kind of a, a good route to do. Yeah, considering how well he's playing this season, it's, it's like a new player. It's yeah. just how good he is. I agree. I mean, no, it's it's one of those... Um, one of those moments that nobody knew. You know, he played... I think he played right back by... By chance, right? It was it was like uh, you know he was just asked to play in that position. He did great, a couple of a uh, couple of great performances. Hey man, whatever it takes. I I lost complete faith in the guy last few few years when he was an attacking player because it wasn't going anywhere. He 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 was fast. He wasn't smart. But you know, given a little more, given a little more um, responsibility, I guess in the back, he's been great. I uh, I love his attitude. His goal against Atletico was just just a it's a rocket. I loved it. Um, I hope he continues. He said that you know I'm so he's so grateful. You can just see in the posts and the, in his words in the interview, um, he's loving it. He thanked. I, I've never seen that on Instagram. To be honest, he thanked his his agent, which is pretty cool. You know, he tagged him on Instagram and kind of uh, looked at his agency and stuff. Um, yeah, it was good to see that he, you know, he. It's so funny. He mentioned winning the Champions League, but then he kind of backpedaled and he's like, "Oh no, uh, Scudetto would be great as well. Don't get me wrong, but uh, we all know, yeah. we all know, Juanito, you cannot fool us. This, you know, this, exactly. this Champions League would be would be a complete, um, just, just ah, uh, can't even think about it. Yeah, um, yeah, Quadrado. We're so happy for him. I think Chesney should be. Uh, I think the reason Bonucci and Quadrado were announced. Um, were decided on the same day. I think they have the same agent because I also saw his agent's picture with Bonucci, so I'm guessing um, they are the same agent. Um, uh, what else is here? That's on your website, I just love to pimp up your website because 
you don't see you don't see websites with good articles and good news and updated, um, you know, dedicated to Juve. So UVFC.com, if you guys are website geeks, um, yeah, Platini. There's an interview with Platini. He's saying that Juve should sign Mbappe. Completely, completely yeah. agree. Um, um, there's a you know the extensions and the uh, Emre Can interview that I mentioned. Um, let's get into the Ronaldo controversy. So after the game with Milan uh, or Milan, mm-hmm. uh, what happened there? You know, kind of kind of walk us through that because I watched that game in record and there was issues with with the recording and I missed half the game. Um, what was what was yeah, it, what I mean, was it he, to like uh, to watch it unfold in life um, in in you know in real time? Yeah, I mean he he obviously he played earlier in the week. He played against um, I think it was Locomotive. He he didn't have a particularly good game. He got substituted off. He wasn't too happy with Sadi that he had to come off. And again in this game, I think you looked at uh, the way Milan were playing, and they were so. They were really good. They were good. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to miss my words. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They they were so dominant that first half that they looked like, you know, the more likely team to win. Uh, Chesney just had the you know this incredible game, and Sadi obviously realised on the sidelines that he needed. I think I, I get the sense that like part of the the sort of tactics of late just seem to be kind of tire the teams out and then get to like the 70th or, or you know like the 75th minute bring on you know players like Costa and um and Dybala and you know players that are really quick and creative and just kind of finish them off if you haven't already done it and I think he he did that a bit earlier because Cristiano just seemed to be struggling there was a, a clip where you could see just before he was actually substituted where he was pointing at his leg and he was basically motioning to the sidelines to say that he wanted to come off. So I, I think he was definitely injured. Uh, so so let me text- ask you, you posted a video of that on your Twitter. Um, yeah. Did they show that part or did they show a replay? I, I don't understand because people thought I, people yeah. thought he was being subbed because of his bad performance. but. Did, no, no, no. Did, did you know in, in real time that this, you know, the, the injury was the issue? I, I, you know what? I didn't see that clip until afterwards, uh, until the end of the game. And that was from, so I was watching it here in the UK through a, a different uh, coverage. And that clip, oh, okay. I think, came from Italia. Yeah. And that came at the end of the game. And then it kind of tied in. It sort of made sense. But his reaction was just, I, I don't know, it was just weird to, to see a player. Um, you know, like him, who he knows how much that the fans love him and he knows how much his teammates love him to see him react like that. I know he wants to play every single game and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I wasn't happy with the reaction, to be honest. I, I didn't like the fact that he left the stadium early, you know, we'd, putting aside the money and everything else, Juve, especially in the last eight years, nine years, has really been built on the fact that we're a team, that we're a core, that we you know, we win and lose together. The, you know, we don't single out players. And and that kind of disappointed me. I, I just didn't like the way that, that he reacted. I didn't like the fact that he left the stadium early. Um, you know, we won the game, et cetera, et cetera. I get that he's frustrated, mm-hmm. but what really should have happened is after the game, you know, we, we, the the manager should have, should have spoken to him. He, he shouldn't have defended him. He should have been fined. We move on. That's it. That you know, you don't make a special instance just because it's Cristiano. That's not the way it works at Juve. Juve is a team. I know a lot of people love him. He's got a huge fan base. I get that, but 
that's at different clubs. That's at, you know, Real Madrid and, and Manchester United, et cetera, et cetera. Juve, no one is bigger than the team. And I don't care what you say, that the team comes before everything else. You find the guy, you send the right message around to all the other players, and then you continue. And I think by the sounds of it, he's realized his mistake. There's been a report that he's going to take the players out for a meal. And apparently, I think he, he might have spoken to Sadi and, and to Nedved as well. So... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, you know. Whenever you have player of his of his caliber, you 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 will get so many unwanted fans, and you not unwanted fans, but unwanted opinions, and and people just yeah. try to smear. And it's so funny how older Juve fans, how, and younger too. I'm sure, I'm sure there's there's people that that are young and feel super passionate about Juve. And whenever we hear, um, you know, insults from from fans who've been following us for about a year or so. Which I just take it personal. I personally take it just to the heart. I, I hate it. Um, I, and I love having Ronaldo on the team. You know, on, on, on Twitter, we get so much abuse and people think that we are against Ronaldo. It's not even close to. And you'll know in, no. a, in, a, in a Q&A that we're going to do, one of the answers is Ronaldo. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just the fans that are mistaking his um, little dip in form. Yeah, they're mistaking it because we're doing something wrong. It's it's just a you know it just sucks to um, to be under under this much scrutiny whenever when when we're used to, as UF fans we're kind of used to being in our own bubble. So now we have this worldwide exposure. Even when UV were on top of the world, it was kind of like mm-hmm. UV just to ourselves. But now we're exposed to millions of new fans, and they're just they they just don't get it, man. They don't. They don't <laughs> some of them don't understand the. What it means to be a UF fan, yeah. Um, So something I wanted to bring up. So Ronaldo, but this whole thing happens. Nobody knows what's going on. He goes and scores a couple of goals against Lithuania. He scores one against Luxembourg, which was a weird goal because it wasn't wasn't his goal at all. So it was just so funny how that happened, how he stole a goal, uh, having been stolen a goal a couple of weeks prior to that. And it was just... It was a mess. It was those last few days. Those um, those few days were just so weird to be a UEFA fan. Uh, but speaking of Euro, congratulations to all Juve players that that have qualified. Here's the list. Thanks to uh, Forza Juve 2017. That's a great um, Twitter Twitter account um, to follow for all the news as well. Uh, Chesney going to Euro 2020 with Poland. Bonucci, Kellini, De Ligt. My boy, my boy is going to be at the Euros. Um, uh, Demiral, Demiral with his uh, uh, goal line clearance took uh, Turkey yeah. to uh, 2020, and uh, they they took the group. I mean, that's they they had France, they they had the World Cup winners in their group, which is super impressive. Um, the Chilio. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there. He's going to be a ball boy there. Uh, Deshili is going. Uh, Matuidi, Emre Can, Aaron Ramsey. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. uh, Bernadeschi and Ronaldo, of course, going to the Euro 2020. Just awesome. to quickly, add to of course. Just, no, just don't don't make it quick. Yeah. Make it last. Uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, one thing I would say is that Turkey. I think they qualified having conceded. I mean, I, I added it up the other day, but they only conceded something like three goals in the last 14 games, I think, uh, in qualifiers, which mm-hmm. is insane, absolutely ridiculous, uh, which says a lot about their back line and, and it says a lot about Demiral as well. Um, 
And the other thing I was going to say was about Italy, who won. Yeah, okay, you, you can argue about the qualifying group, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they won uh, all of their qualifying games. They got a goal difference of something like twenty um, something. It might even be thirty something. Something. I think it was thirty something. Yeah, I think it was 34, 35, uh, which is just absolutely insane. And I know that obviously, you know, we don't all support Italy, but, you know, a lot of Juve players, uh, you know, are, are Italian, obviously, and um, there may be some future Juve players in that squad as well. So it, it's just really impressive. It, it was just nice to see. I always like all of the Azzurri and, and see how they're doing. And I had so many doubts about Mancini and, yeah, I was just going to ask, what do you think about him? I mean, obviously, Ventura just completely ruined the the you know, yeah. atmosphere in the in the locker room. What do you think about our new coach? Is that, I, I cannot wait. I can't wait to see uh, Chiellini. I can't wait to see Bonucci perform. Bonucci was, was saying that uh, Euro 2020 would be just a dream in Champions League. If he can do that, that would be just like the... The, all he wants to achieve in the in in his career, and can't wait, can't wait to see them them perform. But what, what do you think about our coach? I think he's I think he's really kind of brought some sort of togetherness to the team. I know Conte did that in the past, and but he did it with that kind of grinta, you know, like kind mm-hmm. of run them into the ground. It, it gets you kind of get the feeling that Mancini has kind of done it in a, in a different way, and he's he's kind of talked them up and built them up again and restored some confidence and restored some faith, and he's done it quietly without sort of, you know, too much fanfare, not too much attention on him. He's made it about the team. Um, and, and they just look really balanced. They look like they've got a really good defense. That midfield just looks, you know, really impressive. Uh, you know, you've got Verratti, you've got Barella in there, uh, you've got Jorginho. And then up front, I think maybe that might be the only place where they, maybe they lack, you know, if, if, if you uh, have an injury with um, Immobile, um, you know, there may be some issues there. But beyond that, it's it just looks like, I mean, the last big tournament that Italy went to, I, I remember having a discussion with people and just saying there's lots of really promising young Italian players that are going to come through and we just need the right person to manage them and to get the best out of them. And people just laughed at me and said, you, you know, you, you, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I just get the feeling now that you've got a, a coach who really has faith in, in the players. He's happy to rotate. He's happy to bring in players that have been on the fringes. He's happy to give young players a chance. Um, and I know people are going to say you're getting carried away, but no, I don't know. Really... I mean, we we got literally tons <laughs> of time. Let's let's talk about it. We, we don't we don't touch on the Italian national team a lot on this podcast, and I'm so happy to talk about it. Go ahead, man. I I just feel like they should be in the conversation to win it. I mean, a lot of people are talking about teams like you know uh, the, the you know sort of the normal teams like germany mm-hmm. and france and holland and uh, belgium and and even england are in the conversation now but i look at a lot of the, i look at a lot of those teams and i see issues with just uh, the, the kind of balance i see that they may be well stacked in one particular area like you look at a team like england they they're really good in attack they have a kind of a mixed midfield and they have a a, a like a not a great back line. Um, you've got a team like Holland, they've got a really, really fantastic back line in terms of two really incredible defenders. They've got a, a kind of a muddling midfield. It's, you know, some good, some bad. They've got a mixed attacking lineup. And then you look at Italy and I just kind of feel like, why is no one talking about them? You know, they've got a fantastic midfield. They've got brilliant 
in, in ter- a brilliant back line in terms of experience, in mm-hmm. terms of young players coming through. Up front, they've got really good players. Even Bernadeschi is, is kind of turning it on for Italy. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> just going to ask you, which one do you prefer? The Italian Bernadeschi or Juve Bernadeschi? I prefer the Italian one because, ah, yeah. man, that boy's been yeah. struggling at, at Juve. <laughs> I just wish he could do that, you know, at Juve. Maybe, maybe he just needs that confidence. He just strikes me as a player that's that's really sort of low on confidence at Juve. But maybe getting called up to the national team kind of like in some way shows that you know his Juve form doesn't matter, and the coach has faith in him, and that kind of builds him up a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I I really feel like Italy should be one of the favourites, and. I I don't know. I just got a good feeling, so we'll see what happens. So it, touching good happens. Everyone's the same. It, it, it will be super interesting to watch. I mean, like you yeah. know, last year, um, watching Juve, uh, watching Italy was was sort of like you knew at some point, dude, they would you know, they would go out. Even though they did go out in blades of glory, blaze of glory, but um, yeah. th- this one, you you truly do believe that? Hey, you know, there's still there's still you might six or seven months left uh you can yeah. get some more experience um the coach you know coach will do a lot of work preparing for that tournament and you never know um uh yeah we got a lot of good talent there and i'm really looking forward to the euro at, at there's there's a difference between the world cup and euro i i love the euros it just seems so the 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 Talent pool is just so concentrated in the Euros. Um, World Cup, to me, when they expand it to whatever the, the amount of teams is right now, it's 64, is it? It's not 64. Like 162 teams. <laughs> basically, basically, every team is in the World Cup except Luxembourg <laughs> and San Marino. It's like those two are out automatically. But yeah, I mean, Euros, I know there's still a lot of teams in there, but I feel like It's so concentrated, and every game is 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 a battle. So I I, I truly do love it. I love the uh, the format that they will have this year, playing you know different uh, different stadiums in, in different countries. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. So there's a couple questions that I wanted to touch on. Um, thank you guys so much for um, supplying us with questions. We will take a couple of them here. Um, AJ at Finalafina. 282 he's asking does it bring you pleasure watching milan and napoli struggle um <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> it absolutely does it, you know just like um it's uh, like you know there there are rivals and yeah. i i've always said i don't understand when people say i cannot wait for milan to be back i don't i cannot wait for for milan to be strong again they belong on top No one belongs on top. You know, when 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 we were literally out of Serie A, there were teams that, there were fans that made fun of us. They, they you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a rivalry. You can't, can't, I cannot sit here and be, you know, poetic about every Italian team deserves a chance or, you know, I, I, I Milan deserves to be on top. No, you know, you, you, you didn't perform. You, that's where... That's yeah. that's that's what happens. I, it's I I just listen. At Napoli, I don't even know what's going on there. Have you been it's following the crazy story? Yeah, I've I've been kind of listening to um to some of the stuff that's been happening and, and reading some of the, the why headlines. You, <clears> why don't you catch like, uh, why don't you catch up the 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 listeners? Like, 
I mean, okay, I, I haven't followed in the last couple of days because of the international no, fight, but from just what I understand, yeah, I mean, for, from what I understand, it's um, they've obviously had really, really poor results. Uh, there's been an issue with, from from what I understand, I think they wanted to go into, you know, like when Italian teams go through these these tough periods, uh, they often go into, uh, you know, like a, a Sort of a training retreat, uh, retreat. Mm-hmm. and that was what was supposed to happen. And then I think there was, from what I understand, there was kind of a conflict between the owner, uh, De Laurentiis, who's you know he's a very flamboyant character, and uh, Ancelotti. And there was an issue with the players, and some of the players were, I, from what I understand, in disagreement with the ownership, and they were, I think, more on the side of the coach. And th- there was kind of a mixed yeah. message. Um, and then you've got certain players that are coming up with, um, I, th- I think they're due to, to kind of end their contracts uh, in 2020. Um, so it's it's kind of fed into this narrative of De Laurentiis, you know, basically sort of saying, look, I'll, I'll get rid of whoever and, uh, you know, sort of start a new in the summer almost. I think he wants to get, you know, like rebuild the team altogether. So um, it, it's just kind of been like a weird sort of, collapse and i've watched a couple of napoli games recently and they haven't played particularly poorly i don't think they've just failed to convert their chances and and they've got a, a you know a pretty decent team overall mm-hmm. but um but in terms of taking pleasure from uh watching rivals lose uh 100 <laughs> thank you <laughs> the main reason that i follow italian football is because Everybody hates Juventus. Um, I mean, that's part of it. But exactly. if you have a rivalry in City A, it's a rivalry. It's not like one of these kind of bullshit sort of, oh, I, I don't mind if they win and are oh, they're from the same part. No, bullshit. If you have a rivalry against the club, it's a real rivalry. And I, you know, there's no team that, okay, maybe Atalanta, I don't mind watching them. And sometimes I like seeing them doing well because they're playing well. And uh, But that's about it. Every other traitor, team that plays, traitor. <laughs> I mean, they hate us. Every team hates us. And uh, I think the only time that I would say in recent memory, I okay, I'll, I'll admit this. I didn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't have minded seeing Napoli lift the um, the UEFA Cup. Uh, it's not the UEFA Cup. Yeah, I'm you, so old. Europa League. Yeah, last season. I wouldn't have minded that just because yeah. I feel like that they were playing well. And, and uh, it would have been nice to see them win it over... Uh, uh, an English club. That, that was literally my only sort of justification. But deep down, seriously, I, I don't want to see any other teams do well just because they're, you know, in the same league and for the betterment of City R or that yeah. kind of stuff. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, we have dragged City R um, kicking and screaming into the 21st century by the things that we have done as a club. And we've done that while everyone has bitched and moaned and complained. And we're still dragging them into the 21st century. No, they're so, still in the 20th century. We're in the 21st century. <laughs> so uh, some of them, I think some of them are, are kind of starting to pick up the slack. But by and large, you know, we've done a lot of amazing stuff in the last eight years. And a lot of teams are, you know, sort of picking up on that. Granted, we follow, you know, certain other teams in, in some regards. But, um, but yeah, by and large... I I don't care about other teams. Yeah. I really don't give a shit. I, yeah. You know, Inter doing well in the Champions League is good for Italy. I don't I yeah. don't give a fuck. Sorry, find my language. I, I don't care. I want to see them crash and burn. I want to see them lose every single weekend, every single week. Yeah. That's it. 
<laughs> so, right. yeah, I basically long answer to to say yes, I am happy watching. <laughs> yeah, watching. I mean, what's the what's the point there? I mean, it's if if I'm being uh, a rational human being, if I'm being a rational adult, then yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I feel bad for the you know for for the fans individually. You know, it's it was, you know to to put put myself in a Napoli fans' shoes. Uh, mm. You know, they 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 score a last minute goal at Juve Stadium last year, almost become champions and then crash and burn last couple of, you know, last couple yeah. of games. If I think about like a, like a 10 year old kid who just started watching his favorite team be on top again, I'm crushed for him. But am I choosing to be a rational individual? Hell no. I'm choosing to be an ignorant Juve fan who is, you know, who, who, who's heard so much abuse and has seen Juve fans be abused. And I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. I don't care. Anyways, moving on. I mean, like, just, just real quick, just yeah. to say, like, my, my best friend in the world is, is a Milanista. Like, he is a really passionate Milanista. He, he went there earlier this season. And, uh, you know, big shout out to him. Shout out to Paul. Um, but, yeah, he, no, Paul, he loves Milan. And every stay time, away. Yeah, every, <laughs> every time we play, you know, I, I get the messages and he's always so excited and every time he loses and then he's like, he's, he's giving me all the excuses and all that bullshit. But, yeah. you know, he's like I said, he's my best friend in the world, but I don't care. You know, when it comes to other teams, uh, you know, crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, they, they'll, they will get their time. You know, you, football works yeah. in cycles. We're enjoying it right now. Listen, in two, three years, even next year, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, all, the, all this money that you've been spending right now, it can be, it can be wasted. We, we, yeah. You never know. So what, yeah. what, we, what I choose to do is just to enjoy every, you know, every game, every win, never get used to winning. That's, why, that's what I always say. And uh, ever since, you know, first episode of the podcast, I'm like, never get used to winning because in, in two years we might be, you know, we might be struggling too. So. I will. Yeah, I don't feel. I don't feel bad for for any team. I don't care what your history is. It's just you or nothing, man. Um, Giuseppe, our good friend Giuseppe, he's asking a question. He's he asked a question about Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, but his question is kind of different from what we've discussed. He's asking if um, if his post game interview was dictated by Juve management. It's a little. Um, you know, conspiracy theory uh, Thursday here on the UVA podcast. And his second question that we'll discuss is, uh, it's kind of, you know, uh, without Alexandro, without Matuidi, and uh, Matuidi back from injury, Rabiot is off, uh, Pjanic is not 100% against a stronger contender before a Champions League game. Who do we start? Kind of a, kind of uh, a long question. I think... Um... I think you you have to kind of give it all. I mean, we we want to beat Atletico because we want to be top of the table. We want to qualify first. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we can still do that. But the more pressing game right now is Atalanta. So you have to, I think you just have to give it all because that team, as we saw last season, they, especially when it comes to the big teams, they don't care about reputations. They, they play the same way regardless of who they're playing against. And they can either demolish you or they can leave gaps at the back or they can get, you know, like foolish. They've, they've had a lot of red cards this season and they've sort of collapsed, but they never, ever stop playing, whether they're playing with, you know, like 10 men and they're a goal down or whether they're, you know, like three goals up, they just continue playing the same way. And that's really dangerous because um, 
just the way that we played against them last season was just so passive and so kind of we, we just invited pressure. So, yeah, for me, I, I think we just we have to play the strongest 11 and we have to go all out. We have to get the win because I'm not sure who Inter are playing this weekend, but they'll, you know, they'll probably win. So we just have to keep that momentum. Champions League, we're into the last 16. We just need... I think like uh, I think a draw against Atletico would still mean that we're top of the table. So mm. you know, yeah, we can difference. get that. It's <clears throat> yeah. huge game, huge game because you know for the last few years when we ended up in the second position, it was just a disaster. You know, it's it's top of, you. You team like Juve should not even be thinking about it. You know, second place in the group, and it, <clears throat> unfortunately, we there's a chance we might end up with Atletico with the same amount of points and that's just unacceptable. I feel like we should have been give, we should give ourselves the the cushion, but whatever, whatever it takes to be on a uh top yeah. spot is just it's it's crucial because the teams that end, you know, teams that um, you know, in a number let me let me think that over. <laughs> the teams that take the number one spot in their groups, you don't want to play them. So, yeah, I really hope yeah. everything goes well. Uh, so the final thing I wanted to discuss before um, before we get into the little little interview between each other is the you know Patrick Clever. How do you how do you say his last name in English? I only know how to pronounce it in Russian. Clever, <laughs> uh, as far as I'm Clever. All right, Clever. Oh. You know he he came out. He represents Barcelona. Uh, you know there's a big deal made about his comments. Essentially, it was he thinks. Delict may be regretting his decision to play for Juve, yeah. uh, and you know that you know that started the whole thing with Barca fans online again. Um, and I don't mind Barcelona. Not, like I said, you know that that whole hate towards uh, towards Delict is just one of those things that you get when when all you know all eyes are on one of your players. Uh, and you know yeah. Delict, you know responded with. Uh, I do not regret having gone to Juve. Many things are said and written, as uh, you know. And if someone like Clavert speaks, speaks it, may be real, but his is nothing but a guess. Kind of a weird, you know, weird phrasing, weird wording. Um, but basically, he, he he denied this. It's, it's just so stupid um, for someone to assume someone made a wrong move. What what did you think? It, I think it's just, yeah, again, I don't know the context in which they asked Clivert the question, but I think more often than not, these things are, it's the international break. you got two weeks. They need to fill papers. Yeah. There needs to be some kind of controversy. They ask him, uh, Clivert, I mean, I, I think he's always been pretty outspoken, to be honest, from what I remember of him. And, you know, to, to say that a young player who's, uh, you know, 20 years old, he's, what, four or five months into his debut season at Juve. To say he, he regrets it is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think, again, he's, like you rightly say, Clivert is re he's kind of representing that kind of Barcelona <coughs> between Ajax and, and Barca. He, he, you know, he's the, the Dutch link as well between, yeah. um, between Barca and, and Holland. He's kind of representing that. And he's speaking from that point of view. Um it's just stupid. It, it's really stupid to try and put yourself into the mindset of a young player without fully understanding the situation and basing it on, what, a couple of handballs, a couple of mistakes that the, the kid is learning. I mean, I, I think we, this has kind of been discussed to death, but if you go back and you look at a player like Bonucci, who in his first season at Juve, I think he was at Bari the season before, played really, really well. 
he tanked that first season. And, you know, this is an Italian player who speaks Italian, who understands the importance of coming to Juve, who understands his role as defender. And he still tanked and he still had a dreadful season and it took him time to adapt. And then there was a point when I think arguably he was the best defender in, or one of the best defenders in Europe. And Clivert is is trying to put words into the mouth of a 20-year-old kid four months after or five months after moving and he's talking about regrets. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what was the alternative? Delict going to Barca and Barca aren't really playing all that well. You know, they've lost plenty of games. They're, mm-hmm. they're not doing particularly well. Their fans aren't particularly happy. Um, they've got plenty of defenders as it is. And if Delict was making these mistakes at Barca, I guarantee the magnifying glass would be all the stronger and there'd be a lot more talk about the, the mistakes that he's made. So, yeah, it's, it's just a storm in a teacup and typical international break, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Nothing in the papers, so it's great simple. Well, since, since we're on the topic, let me just say what I feel about Barca nowadays. I, I don't mind Barca. I've you know I don't like Real Madrid. Sorry to to the new you know <laughs> fans of, uh, but it's it's a not you know it's a known fact. You know, there's a rivalry between there's a bigger rivalry between uh, Juve and Real Madrid than Juve and Barcelona. Um, I've enjoyed watching Ronaldinho. I even I love Messi. Um, yeah. I, I hate the you know, the, the constant, you know, infighting between Ronaldo fans and Messi fans. Do not enjoy that for a second. Any post on any website where you go on Twitter is just these... I think they, these people just set up fake accounts and, you know, they post something about Messi being better than Ronaldo or vice versa. Anyways, besides the point, I do enjoy Barca. I, you know, um, I do enjoy... I have enjoyed following him in the past, but I feel like lately... Barca is uh, is losing some of the respect from like international fans that were neutrals yeah. because they've they've kind of become like a bully like a bully team. They've you know they constantly push the propaganda of you know it's sort of weird to see a social media um, maybe it's just because of because of the UVA, uh social media being so um, kind of you know non threatening. I feel like Barca's yeah. when they post, you know, goat emojis and goat this, goat that, and Messi. They sort of turn people against them, not staying kind of. Uh, I'm not saying they should stay neutral, but they shouldn't be bullying people into, um, you know, following Messi and his and his career. And I don't know much about that, but I know there have been transfer rumors and uh, and and transfers that have been not particularly. Legal. I know Griezmann. I know there were there was some rumors that you know Barca did something illegal. I, I'm sorry, I don't have much info on that, but I know that they've been kind of meddling in transfers and stealing other players and stuff like that. What, what do you What do you think? Do you agree with me? Am I Am I making sense? Like, has Barca yeah, what, Barca went from like this this team with a, with a strong core and strong you know morals to sort of being like you know this this commercial. Um, Juggernaut, what do you think? I think, I mean, I completely agree. And, and I'm going to be entirely honest. There are probably, if, if I didn't support Juve in Italy, I would support Fiorentina. I know people are, probably won't like that. But outside of that, there's only two other teams that I really 
have enjoyed watching as, as like an almost neutral. Uh, Barcelona is one of them because they were fantastic. Um, and Arsenal is another. Uh, don't hate me for it. it. It's just one of those things. Um, but yeah, watching uh, Barca in, in, you know, like, what was it, 2008, 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. um, they've always had that, that kind of philosophy. And under Pep, it was like, it was just magnified. And the way they played, the way that they would always go back to this particular way of playing was just incredible. It, it was just otherworldly. I, I think they were, they, they are probably one of the best teams that I've ever seen play football um, ever. And that's really saying something. Uh, just the, the the way that they passed, the way that they would just tear defences mm-hmm. apart. I had so much admiration for that. I know we were never going to get that at Juve, but just so much admiration. And that just seems to have kind of declined because, again, I think they lost key players like Iniesta, like Xavi. Um, they are still so reliant on Messi. Um, it, right. it just kind of feels sometimes it's like a, you know, like a one man band. Um, and it just feels like there's been a massive drop off in other areas uh, on the pitch. And Messi is still the one that they kind of turn to, you know, and, and he kind of has to drag them over the finish line so many times. But yeah, I, I completely agree with, with what you said. I feel like their kind of prestige is, is kind of diminished a little. And there doesn't seem to be as much balance as they used to be in their squad they used to have this incredible team that was just just a joy to watch from the back to the middle to the attack and now it's kind of it's just kind of yeah. all over the place it's like bought these players and some of them worked out some of them didn't some, some of them are still you know we, we don't know what's going to happen with them and um yeah it, it, i think this, they're becoming reality. they're becoming similar to like manchester united that now they just buy the team the buy the players for their big name, uh, at least last few years. I know they, they haven't made any shocking purchases lately just because nobody wants to go there. Um, but I feel like, you know, Barca without, you know, having having like a project in mind, they just snap whoever is a hot name right now. And I think there's still a pull, like in terms of the international, um, you know, like if, if you look at football worldwide and you look at these young players in, in South America in particular and, and maybe even players in, in parts of Europe, there are still teams that young players aspire to go and play to. One of them is Real Madrid and the other one is, is Barcelona. Yeah. And I think that's always going to be the case. I think um, I think Juve, are, I don't want to sound biased here, but I think Juve are kind of starting to crack into that kind of that market of like the elite clubs, you know. And um, But yeah, I think Barcelona will, will still have a pull while Messi's there. I, I think that will always be the case. After he goes, I think it, it might change, but... You know, the moment. Speaking of Juve and uh, you know international fans, I have never seen so many Juve jerseys in my life as I did last you know year and a half or <laughs> something. It's really amazing. I mean, it started kind of with Pirlo. Um, I saw a bunch of Pirlo jerseys when mm-hmm. he moved, and now you know this. Obviously, there's you know steady, but like a big surge. You know, Ronaldo jerseys are everywhere nowadays, and there's teams that are. I went to I uh, went to play soccer a few like a few months ago or something. There was a team. Um, it was a you know one of the South American teams, whatever they they get together, but with communities and stuff. The one of the teams had full on UV kits, which was super cool to see. Um, anyways, this this uh, concludes our Barca minute here on the Turin Giants <laughs> podcast. So uh, let's finally get into the you know Q and A that we wanted to do for our fans. Um, 
we don't get to really talk about what our likes and dislikes are, and I thought this would be a fun look into our Juve um, fandom. I'll ask the question, you answer it, and then I'll answer, I'll answer it back, or we can do it back and forth, whatever. There's no no particular order. Um, um, yeah, let's let's go with that because I I. I... I'll be honest, I don't know all the questions. So. What am I paying you yeah, for? What, what's happening? We need to have a meeting after this podcast. This is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are getting paid? I love that meme. <laughs> um, anyway, so question number one. Uh, what is the story behind you supporting Juventus? Um, I, I think I've told this a thousand times, but it, it was basically all because of the fact that we got uh, Italian football coverage in the UK through Football Italia. It was on a channel called Channel 4. Um, I sort of became aware of, of Juve in the 90s. Uh, I always said Baggio was the player that kind of brought me to Juve and uh, Del Piero was the one that, that sort of kept me there. Uh, for for many many years, um, yeah, it, it just kind of grew from there. Like uh, mid to late nineties, I would say I was aware of Juve. I would check the results. I wouldn't say I was a Juventino. Uh, it got to two thousand and two when it was the, the the famous victory on the on the last day of the season. That's when I just mm. literally kind of. It was like a marriage. That's the only way I can describe yeah, it. It was like, yeah. okay, if Juve win this game on the last day of the season against Udinese, and if we win the title, that's it. That was the uh, wedding. We, yeah, that was literally the wedding, and it's <laughs> it's just been like a a long honeymoon ever since. To be honest, that, <laughs> that's, that awesome. that's awesome. That's awesome. What about you? Mine would be, you know, I've told the story as well. Um, there was a kid in my, you know, I grew up in Baku, Azerbaijan. Actually, one of the one of the stadiums. Uh, that will host Euro 2020. Um, so we lived in a in a in a building with you know where we can play soccer. A lot of people who live, grew up in Europe they know that there's an area designated for like you know f- little football field. And uh, this kid used to let me play because I was smaller than any, everybody else, uh, younger. So he was the older boy, kind of like took me under his wing. So um, we're on our way home, uh, uh, Champions League final. He's like. Who are you supporting? I'm like, I kind of don't know. He said that, watch out for uh, uh, Alessandro Del Piero. And <laughs> since then, that was that was the first game that I watched, the Champions League final. So I'm grateful that I was able to see Juve win <laughs> the Champions League. That was the, that was the only... Um, uh, that was my... <laughs> It's been down. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been downhill ever since. I'm just joking. I, I love you. I've never looked back. Never supported anyone else. Never really thought about supporting anyone else. All right. Question number two. Um, what's your favorite Juventus game of all time? Ah, Jesus. Um, okay. I mean, just in terms of the the, the kind of feeling and the, the elation will always be uh, the, the victory against. Um, Real uh, at the Deli Alpi when uh, we won, what was it? Three, A lot three of people one, are agreeing with you right now. Yeah, seriously, that game, I mean, I, I, I've never experienced, I wasn't there at the game, but the feeling was like, you know, it was the Galacticos and it was the, the Super Real and they had literally written us off already. And I remember getting a lot of shit before that game and people saying, you know, like, you guys really two one behind. And it was like the noise in the Deli Alpi. I always said it. It was so loud. It was like the vibrations. I could feel them all the way, you know, here in the UK. It was like mm-hmm. we shook the stadium so loud that they could hear it back in Madrid. Like, 
you know, pay attention to us. We are a serious team. And the performance, it was just incredible. It was just my all-time favorite game. I can go back and watch it and, like, recite, you know, in Italian that, the, the kind of you know, the, the commentary and stuff. So yeah, that's that's definitely you know Mount Rushmore of uh, of old Juve games. If you had to choose, that was that was the one. It was just ah man, good times. Uh, mine would be uh, it's it's kind of silly and it's so funny because Juve yesterday on their Twitter account they uh, you know goal of the day that they post one of them was um, the Giovinco goal against um, Chelsea. I believe it was 2011. The return, the return leg when you know the first first year back in the Champions League, um, yeah. uh, the first game at Stamford Bridge, we drew two two, and then we went back to the Juve Stadium back then it was called, and you know Jovinko and Vidal, I forget, Aiquaiera, I think scored also. It was just for personal reasons. It was just uh, my wife is a big. Uh, big soccer fan and we you know she uh, i i was at work i had to turn off my phone uh i di- i didn't want to you know get the the game spoiled uh yeah. i waited all day she ordered pizza and all sorts of food and we sat down together and it was just i was so happy every goal we scored it was just 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 the two of us before the kids came it was just kind of special to me and um the result obviously and then at the end of the game, she she held her tongue and she celebrated every goal. That little she's an actress, and um, at the end of the game, she told me, "I knew the score. I couldn't wait. I watched the whole game." So she <laughs> waited the whole the whole uh, the whole day to watch with me. So it was really special to me personally. Um, next question is uh, your best and your worst memories as a Juve fan. Um, best memories. Uh... <laughs> It's kind of split, I would say. The the Scudetto that we won in 2002 on, on the 5th of May, which is always going to be a, a, a beautiful day. Um, and I think also that first title that we won under Conte, just because, like, I, I don't really, I'm not really much of a crier, to be honest. Did you have I, tears? I was just going to ask you, bastard, you cried. I tell you, man, seriously, <laughs> I think I'm... I punched the wall so hard. I, I think I broke my finger that day. I was like punching the wall just out of sheer like elation. It was, yeah. it was the most incredible thing. And it, we went this, the whole season undefeated. Okay. There were a load of draws in there, but it was like, we were back. It was like, you know, like just was a put some respect on our name again, for God's sake, you know, Juve are, are back again. And it, it was just so emotional, man. I, I yeah. seriously, I, yeah, those two, I would say were my high points. The low point, I, I think will always be, um, you know, 2006 when uh, seeing us go out onto the pitch against Rimini in, in September, I think it was like the 5th of September, and we drew that game. And again, just um, I, I was like out cutting trees in the back garden and I busted my arm and I had to come in and I was, you know, like waiting for the game and I had tears in my eyes and like my family were thinking, it's because I busted my arm, but it, it wasn't. It was watching Juve come out uh, in Serie B. And, uh, yeah, that, that was just seriously tough. That was always going to be a, a low point for me. So, so yeah. So you have, um, a, you have a, silky, a silky smooth voice, you have a British accent, and you cut down trees. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago, man. But, yeah, seriously, that was like the, the high point and the low point. I, I don't think anything... 
Short of us winning the Champions League, I, I don't think anything shows that in the future. Can, can How you, about you? Can you imagine? Can you imagine when we finally win it? What's going to oh. happen? It's just, it's, I sometimes just sit there and just daydream about that, about that day, which will come. <laughs> Istanbul 2020, it's happening. I will, I will say it and I'll say it again. Two European yeah. Cups in a row for Maurizio Sari. Um, <laughs> Best yeah, how about you? Be- best and worst. <clears throat> best and worst. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, I was super fortunate uh, to go to the final of the Champions League in Cardiff. Uh, stayed with friends in London. We took a train to Cardiff, which is like two hour, two hour train ride. Uh, beautiful town. Shout out to our Welsh, uh, Welsh listeners. The city is like a little fairy tale. It was so beautiful. Obviously, you know, all morning, all day, you're there, and you're uh, we're hanging out with. All of the fans of around Turin, uh, Maurizio, he's, he set up a you know like a like a uh, our, our own camp in one of the bars, and you know Juve fans were all there. It was awesome to see. Uh, unfortunately, afterwards was was not so much fun. It was uh, you know seeing seeing Real Madrid lift the trophy, and I didn't leave. I, I I figured, what's the point? You know, I'm not I'm not mad at them for for winning. Let me just you know see what it's all about. And it was a beautiful ceremony. For their fans, unfortunately, um, and let me put your Real Madrid fans on blast as well. I saw a lot of Real Madrid fans leave before the the trophy presentation, which was so shocking to me because all of the Juve fans were still there, and everyone, all of the Juve fans, applauded um, applauded Juve when they came out to uh, for their medals. And you know that famous photo of the girl holding the scarf, crying. That was literally all of us, and you know something so bittersweet about it. It was uh, just being there, supporting the team was awesome. But at the same time, it was just and I was wearing my Zidane jersey, which I got so much abuse for it after the game from from a lot of Juve fans. A lot of Juve fans were were so upset, they were drunk, and they were. It was it was not a fun time. Is it, it was miserable, but I was super lucky to to have lived through it. Um, question sure. next question. Um, oh, if you could sign one player right now, what, what what would it be? Or who would it be? Jeez. Um, oh, um, I, I know that we need a midfielder, but I would probably go for Kylian Mbappe just because... Oh, I like it. That kid's like, yeah, he, he's... Special. Just on a whole other level. You're, like, you're just yeah, like Platini, gonna... you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> no, but I mean, I know the, the necessity you feel, but but yeah, Mbappe, seriously, but kiss so. But do you think there's any chance? I mean, if if Real come knocking, if Barca come knocking, uh, will will you choose Juve over Real Madrid in this climate of money and social media? I know Juve is really trying and they're really doing their best. And Ronaldo was was an amazing buy, but Ronaldo didn't come there when he was 25. You know what I mean? We still got Ronaldo kind of late. And uh, I'm sorry for just being real, but Mbappe chooses Juve. Is that is that actually a possibility? You know what? I I would never have thought that Cristiano Ronaldo would need, would leave um, Real and come to Juve of all teams. And then when Matthias De Ligt was was on the market, it was like Barcelona done deal. Mm-hmm. He's going there, and bang, it's like. Yeah, it's like a Friday night, and you know some Dutch papers saying Juve are, are very close to getting deleted. What the, f- you know, <laughs> insane. Um, it, it just keeps happening lately, and I just feel like okay, I, I know I'm going to be realistic, but 
I, I just feel like even with Barcelona, I mean, like he could go there and, and be a superstar and all the rest, but it may not be the same team that he's going to, you know, the, the one that he saw when he was growing up. And at Juve, he could be the main man you know, for two, three seasons, four seasons, whatever. So I just feel like you never know. It cost a fortune, but yeah, if, if I could sign anyone, that's that's the guy right there. Amazing player. Interesting. How about you? What you take? It's no secret, man. Paul Pogba needs to ah, come back. You. Needs to come back soon. Needs to win the Champions League. That boy is just yeah. wasting his career at United. Uh, just you know that that personal connection that we have with him. I don't think United fans will ever understand that. Yeah, you, they got them as a superstar. They got them as this you know dabbing uh, Adidas representative. But I feel like Pogba for us it will always be this emotional, emotional connection. And I'm not even mentioning the fact that he he will complete the squad. <laughs> it's you know exactly. I've I've always been you know his supporter. I've loved him, and if we ever get to see him in Juve colors again, it would be beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, speaking of sure. speaking of your colors, uh, isn't it right like right now where um, rumors for the next year's jersey is about to come out? Right? Is it? Am I too early? Because I cannot wait to see what our new jerseys look like. Yeah, I mean the the one that they did with uh, with Palace, you know that that mm -hmm. kind of collaboration thing. That was that was pretty decent. Um, I like that. So if we go back, I, I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't too. Much I, yeah, I liked it. That's why I said I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it, it was okay. I mean, as, as long as we kind of go back to stripes, you know, Jesus Christ, just give us back the, the stripes for God's sake. So yeah, I, I think it's a roundabout. Christmas time, sort of started um, started the new year that we start to get the the kind of leaks that come through. So, you, yeah, if no, anyone, there, there's no listening. way Juve can go back to these, uh, you know, to this design of split black and white. I mean, they, I'm I don't really think white. Juve expected this backlash because, and I'm pretty sure the numbers are weak too. Um, I, 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 I don't see people buying them in yeah. droves, right? It's horrendous. It's just, mm -hmm. a, you know, Juve is stripes. It's been that way. And I understand that in a modern world, in a modern footballing world, you have to kind of adapt and you've got to think about the kids and all that kind of crap. But <laughs> yeah, certain things you don't change. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, I don't mean to kind of, you know, cuss out the youth and all that. But seriously, certain things you just don't Fuck change. Fuck them kids. <laughs> exactly. Fuck them kids. <laughs> no, seriously, just, just keep the stripes. It's what we're famous for. You can change everything else. You can, you know, kill the Kurvasud and you can do all the other shit, but just leave the stripes alone, man. Yeah. Seriously. Let us have one thing. All right. So um, one of the interesting questions, since, um, you know, doing this podcast and having all of these social media, you get to talk to a lot of Juve fans from all over the world. And I, and I love it. I, I'm truly blessed when people message me from, that's why I read the, you know, the top cities that, that listen to us. I'm so, just such a geek. I'm so geeked out about it. Uh, get to talk to other other Juve fans. Uh, you have a question here. Have you ever seen Juventus? Oops, wrong question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I can't find the question now. But basically, it's uh, what's the craziest craziest Meet experience you've had meeting another Juve fan? Do you have any stories um, regarding that? I I do, but um, it's it's probably not something that I would like broadcast out there. But uh, <laughs> Someone right, that I used no. to—I mm -hmm. I don't know—I I wouldn't say date, but someone that I used to know in a, in a former life was uh, was a Juventino. That was that was kind of a, 
a crazy experience we saw our first Juventus game together and Ooh. you know all that kind of stuff stuff in the past so yeah it was um yeah, it was details, nice details, oh, well. details. <laughs> no one wants to no that story, seriously. Right, but well. yeah, that, that was. Uh, I've, I've met other Juventini over the years, just kind of randomly through work. You know, it's just been really weird stuff. Like yeah. um, I'd, in a previous job, I, I met a guy who uh, who was um, uh, from Turin, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was just weird. He was like, "Why are you?" This guy in this who lives in this small little village in like the the middle of nowhere, Juventus supporter, and, and we got talking and stuff, and yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, no really crazy experiences. Um, how about you? I'm, I'm sure you probably got so. Got a, got a couple. You know, I had lunch with Del Piero. No big deal. But um, <laughs> but that's that's not it. I mean that I mean he's technically a fan. He's he's technically you as as the biggest Juventino ever, right? Uh, but I, I want to give a shout out to Maurizio. Uh, he's doing great with his around Turin. And the craziest part of meeting him was he messaged me. This guy on on, on Facebook messaged me in about 2012. He saw what we're doing with the uh, with the Juve fan club of Southern California. Um, Shoutouts to Juve SoCal. By the way, if you're if you uh, if you have a, a Juve fan club that you want to promote, please please uh, private message me. But basically, yeah. So Marito reached out to me. He's saying, you know, he wants to meet and and this this guy, you know, has no pictures on his Facebook. He's kind of a you know private guy. I paid no attention to him. So when he was coming to California for work, he asked to meet up. I'm like. This guy seems persistent, and uh, yeah, we met up before he was, you know, Mr. Around Turin, Mr. Around Juventus, and it was really cool meeting him. We went to a bar with other couple of couple of other other friends, took some photos, uh, shared some stories, and uh, we've we've been friends since since what 2011, 2012. Uh, what started what started with just a message, which was like the guy from Turin speaks perfect English and he wants to meet and he wants to start something. It was clearly, you know, his, his, uh, his wheels were turning. He was trying to come up with something and look at him now, uh, absolutely yeah. bossing the Juve, uh, Juve universe. He's like the world's, world's most famous Juve fan. Shout outs to him. And if you go into Turin, I always say, you know, there's only one person you should, you should contact. It's really fun to go to games with them. And he's thinking about, thinking up a thousand other, you know, scenarios and stuff, how to enjoy the game with them. So shout outs to Maurizio. Um, I completely lost where I was. Um, your toughest moment as a Juventino. Um, I think, I think we've kind of, kind of, uh, covered it. Is that correct? We we won't go back to that. Um, there's a question here that's kind of objective. Um, or subjective. I don't know the difference. I, I'm not that smart. It says a uh, top Juve scorer this season. Who do you think it will be? Um, I think it's going to be Cristiano. I think he's going to come back Ooh, probably nice. this weekend, you know, like just all fired up, supercharged up with his, you know, like lean chicken breasts and, and no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his amazing diet. He's, he's just one of those guys. Like I understand why people hate him so much because he's just so damn good. You know, like he, he can go away and he can come back and he'll just turn it on. And I, I, I think he's, you know, as the season kind of goes on, as, as we probably get to the end of the year, he'll, he'll probably bag a whole load of goals and yeah. he'll be like, what kind of, you know, all that kind of talk about, you know him him 
being in a difficult moment, people can say, what the hell? You know, he scored like a hat-trick last weekend. You know, so yeah, I think he'll be score, definitely. I sure hope yeah. so, man. I sure hope so. I, I got a little theory about, you know, the, the collapse of, you know, uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo fans um, when he was substituted. It's, it's something they've never had to experience. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and they had to they had to direct their, not anger, but kind of, you know, the, the disappointment in their player. They had to direct it towards someone. So, uh, Sari got, you know, uh, a lot of abuse, yeah. um, formations and everyone, uh, Kedira and everybody, but Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> and I kind of understand because they've never had to deal with, with a dip in form such as he had. And it's not even a bad dip in form. He still, he still scores goals. It's just, uh, they will, he's they will have to. I mean, come on for God's sake. He's, he can't keep doing it every single weekend. He can't turn it on, you know, like the way he used to, he's, he's 34. It's, it's going to catch up with him. So I don't know, maybe people just have too high expectations of him. I mean, he's still a fantastic player and I, I still think he'll be top scorer, but he, he just got to be realistic sometimes as well, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if there, there will come a time where he's not, performing like that and they'll just have to and all of us i mean i don't wish him a dip in form but uh obviously we don't have that personal connection with him such as you know some of the some of the fans do and there, there there's going to come a time but hopefully it's not before he wins the champions league with with juve which will solidify i mean there's a you know go this go that but when it comes to 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 personal achievements you can't deny that. You know, Messi's great. He's a great player. But the, everywhere he goes, everywhere Ronaldo goes, he he wins it, and that's his main objective. And I, and I respect that. Um, and, you know, if that's the worst Ronaldo does, that, you know, <laughs> makes people better themselves and, you know, younger people follow his routines or whatever his... Uh, his determination. If that's the worst, then then let that be the worst thing about him. Um, so, there's a tough question. I cannot really come up with an answer. Let's see if you. Uh, and that will be the last one. Um, what player you? Uh, what what player actually in the squad do you identify yourself with the most, and why? Damn, Rob. Uh, what kind of questions are these? That's I know. You know what? Yeah. Some of these were suggested to me, so I'm not going to take credit for all of them. I think the ones near the end were suggested to me. But um, if I, I think if I identify with anyone, I, I would, I think I'd probably say Chiellini. To be honest, I know that's okay. uh, maybe that sounds arrogant or something, but I think if I was going to, if I, you know, like w- when I played as a kid, I, I would played as a defender. Um, I like the fact that that he's a leader, like the fact that he's kind of quiet but intelligent and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he doesn't always say a lot, but he's so passionate about the team. And when it comes out, you know, like it really comes out. And But other than that, he can be quite a quiet, sort of reserved type of guy. And, um, yeah. Uh, he's got a degree. He's a businessman. He's got a yeah, degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, he's, he's got his masters. He, he studied in his spare time. He, um, you know, he, just an incredible guy, a very sort of silent guy he's when he gen- needs to he's be. He's a gentle giant, that's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't know who you, who um, who would you pick? Who would you say <sighs> I, you're? I don't, I don't even know, man. I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> probably Ronaldo because of his physique. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's leg leg day all day, baby. 
in, in this house. No, I'm just joking. I, I'm, he will crush me. He, he would literally step on me and crush me. Um, you know, I know he's not part of the club anymore, but Marquisio, uh, I love him. I love his attitude. He's just such a, such a wonderful guy, such a Juve, Juve fan, uh, you know, when he used to play for us and even bigger now, you can always see him posting stories and, and Instagram posts whenever Juve is on and you can see him on every, um, on every player's Instagram page congratulating them with a goal or with a good game or whatever. Um, I, I, I do love Chiellini. I can't un- identify him with him because I'm not a really good defender. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no. every, every player has given something to Juve and, that's, that's that's all we want, right? That's you know, you as UF fans, we just want a little bit of uh, dedication to the team, and uh, we can't can't finish this podcast without mentioning Dybala. He's uh, he's been doing great. Uh, celebrated his 26th birthday since the last time we uh, we recorded, and um, you reposted the the video of him celebrating in a room full of black and white balloons and Juve insignia everywhere. It was awesome. Love that kid. Seriously, he's just so committed to us and he's so, um, you know, he's just in a really good moment right now. And you think about all the shit that he had to go through in the summer and all that kind of crap. And he's still there. And I think a lot of players, just really quickly, I think a lot of players could be in that kind of moment, come back, sulk, you know, just basically bitch and moan and not give their all to the club. And then you've got to kid like this who you know they essentially tried to sell him to everyone and anyone and he came back and he came back better he came back stronger and he didn't his his commitment to juve hasn't changed at all it's if anything it's it's kind of yeah and you just think wow that that is what you want from a player and i i don't understand how people can't love him especially juventini i mean he's he's just an amazing guy so yeah you just want to kiss him and squeeze him he's just he's just he's, he's adorable i gotta be honest and uh i really hope he's <clears throat> i don't know about ronaldo you mentioned the top scorer i really hope it is it is dibala uh, let's say this i really hope it's ronaldo and dibala combined with 30 goals each with both patrick's <laughs> in the champions league final um <laughs> yeah wishful thinking guys I'm afraid we're all out. An hour and 12 minutes. I think this is the longest podcast of, of we've done. Rob, mm-hmm. thank you, buddy. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Follow us everywhere and uh, uh, Instagram. I forgot, I think I forgot to mention your Instagram, which is at uvet.com spelled out, just like the Twitter. Follow us yeah. on Uvet Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, give me a follow on uh, Turin Giants on on instagram trying to grow that page um yeah thank you guys this was this was so much fun and thank you for letting us be part of your day see you guys later and forza juve forza juve